Praise God. Good morning. Aren't we excited in God's house today? And uh, man, that's a, it's been a really hard season for us to say amen. You agree with me? Yeah, it's been a really hard season uh, to shout out, to cry out, amen. And um, so today we're going to talk about uh, comfort in affliction. And then I think that's the most I ever said amen, that last song, all right? We're living in times today, it's so much of trials, afflictions, disasters, loss, grief, confusion, and we're just looking for a good, solid amen. And I pray today as we open God's Word uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we will truly have a grasp of what the Apostle Paul was going through, and he said, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 3 and following, and if you are watching online, welcome. We're glad that you are joining us, and uh, I pray that you will turn into God's Word as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and, and uh, reading from verse number 3 to 5. Now, whenever you, you hear the Apostle Paul, is uh, always in a struggle, right? I mean, I'm sure you and I, one day when we get to heaven, we're going to find this dude and ask him, how in the world did you make it? Now, this few verses is what's called like a doxology. And I don't see Paul as a singing man. I mean, Paul just does not look like an average praise and worship leader, like an iron man. You know what I'm saying? But Paul just don't come across that way because in the context of what he's writing, he's in pain and struggling, always in pain and struggle, and he's writing to encourage the church. Listen to what the Word of God teaches us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for the comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. And the Word of God goes on to talk about that. Now notice in these few verses, the word comfort is always there. The word comfort, the translation used about 18 times in 2 Corinthians, this word comfort is translated as hold on, hold fast, to be strong. That's the translation that this word comfort brings in 2 Corinthians. It goes to say that 2 Corinthians is one of the most personal letters written by the Apostle Paul. And he's talking about us in affliction. And as I read this text over and over, it kind of sings for us in this time of affliction and pain, it's hard to rejoice. It's hard to find comfort in affliction. And I want to encourage you with these first statement before we go along. Don't let your difficult season become distant season from God. 
There's a lot of heaviness in our hearts, in the community, all across the world. But I want to encourage you today in this, in this time, don't let your difficult season become a distant season from God. Because in many circumstances in our life, difficult seasons make our heart hard towards God. Difficult seasons make us doubt God. Difficult seasons make us turn to various other circumstances than to prayer. So don't let your difficult season become a distant season from God. So Paul is writing the word comfort is to strengthen and to give courage and to give boldness. That when you are going through any affliction, you know that you get the comfort, the boldness from God the Father. And look at how he pens verse number three. Blessed be, uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. I want you to hear clearly what Paul is saying. Whatever trial you are going through and whatever affliction you are going through, the comfort of God is enough. Whatever has to be done, Jesus did. We needed a sacrifice. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came to die for us. So Paul is writing the entire theology of salvation. You look at the word. He says, Lord, Jesus Christ, because the Lord is a sovereign one. Jesus is a redeeming one, and Christ is the anointed one. And he packs verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This great doxology, it comprehends the gospel. Because I want to encourage you today, the very same God of your salvation is the same God of your sanctification. Remember when you were saved? You said, my God is so big, right? Well, he didn't shrink one bit. Because when we face trials... Salvation is our position in Christ. Sanctification is our process and progress day by day. And each trial that you and I face day by day, it's the same God who saved you will save you here. It's the same God who was powerful at the time of your salvation. He will carry you through. It's the same God. The God of your salvation is the same God of your sanctification. Paul was saved, Acts chapter 9. But right here he's going through a trial, and he could choose to turn his back to the living God or to stand up and be comforted by God. He chooses to be comforted in his time of affliction, and he pens this letter to 2 Corinthians. And you know the church in Corinth, such a tough church to pastor. And he's saying, in all things that you go through, find your comfort in God. Because Paul has learned that in your struggles, it's better to praise God in your storms than to complain to God in your storms. Look at his track record. Look at Paul's resume. It goes to show, in whatever trial you find yourself in, you praise God. I was with pastor in a room a couple of weeks ago, with our pastoral team. And this is what pastor said. He said, Sean, 
I want to fix this. There's various trials going on and you know well about it. I just want to fix this. I can't fix it. But we can fix something. We can fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the answer for this world today. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the joy that we had. And the Father has promised us that He will do for us even more what He has done for His Son, Jesus Christ. He is with us. He is with us. He is guiding us and He is protecting us. Now look at the word Father. Blessed be the God of the, uh, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. To the Jewish people, the word Father means originator. The word father means originator. So our father is the originator and the source of love. Our father, the originator, is a source of grace, the source of mercy. For God so loved the world, he so loved the world, that in him are all the riches so if you are trusting God in your trial today, the love of God will never run dry for you. The mercies of God will never come short for you. The grace of God will never come short for you. It is sufficient because Jesus is sufficient. And Paul is drawing this picture, the Father of mercies. Oh, I pray today that you will grasp the truth. Like the woman at the well in John chapter 4, the water I will give you, you will thirst no more. This father, today we read in Psalm 145 and verse number 9, who is full of mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. He is good to us. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. You know the scripture very well. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Goes on to say they are new every morning. Micah chapter 7 and verse number 19. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. This Father who is rich in mercy, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, He is able to carry us through so that we could say amen. And He is a Father, our originator, the Father of all creation. He is a Father. And I think of the stars and the galaxies that he has in his hand, and yet he turns when we call, dear Father, he turns to us, right to us in our prayer. The same God who has the galaxies and the universe in place gives his undivided attention when we call upon our Father in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. You have his undivided attention when you call upon him. That's our father. Well, there's another father. John chapter 8 and verse number 44 talks about the father of all lies. The father of all confusion. 
the father of all accusation, the father of all doubt, and he's called the devil, Satan. And this time of affliction that you and I go through, and many of our family members, and we know the whole world is going through, the father of mercies, the father of all mercies is, is looking down upon his children, please call upon me, I am able to step in. And then you have the father of all confusions, really? You think really your God can answer you? Do you really think you amount to anything? Because throughout scripture he teaches us, for every promise of God, there's a ploy for Satan. Everything that God promises us from his word, Satan wants to bring doubt into your mind. Did God really say that? So it's true, Ken. We need to be just in God's word, trusting God's word, so he can lead and guide us. Because if we don't know God's word, and we're not spending time with our God, there's another father out there, seeking whom he may devour. And you know in a time of affliction, in a time of desperation, in a time where you need answers, in a time of agony, in a time of pain, in a time of depression, the accuser comes in and destroys relationships, fracture families, hurt communities. And Jesus is encouraging us today that our Father He's a father of all mercies. Because every lie and accusation comes from the father of all lies. I want to encourage you today, if you're taking notes, our lives are not beyond God's attention and our difficulties are not behind, beyond his purposes. God got you. If you'll only call upon the name of Jesus Christ, you have the attention of the father of the universe. And Paul is taking time to encourage the church here at Corinthians. He said, I want you to know, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the God of all mercy, God of all comfort, God of all conf conflict. He is the one that will help you through your dry desert experience right now. You don't have to doubt Jesus. And so this time in season, there's heaviness all around us. And in the middle of all of this, we have the church of Jesus Christ. So my question is, how should we then live in a time of affliction? How should we live in a time of affliction? Well, Spurgeon, the, the, the British prince of preachers, whatever our trials and affliction, all is well with us if God is our delight. If you are delighting in God right now, all will be well. And I know you are hurting. I am hurting. Families are hurting. But a hurting person in the presence of the healer, there is hope. Amen? A hurting person in the presence of a healer, there is hope. And I want to encourage you today. Encourage you today. The church of Jesus Christ, check this out, from the cross, you know what's happening in this world today, from the cross to the nations stands the bride of Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, shining in the darkness, 
God has called us to stand in the gap from the cross to the nations stands the beautiful, empowered by the Holy Spirit, bride of Christ. So I want to encourage the bride of Christ to turn your volume of amen because our God is able. And he will see you through. Yes, we are discouraged. Yes, we are in pain. But I'm telling you, it's better be dis to be discouraged and in pain in the presence of the healer. Because in the presence of the healer, great things happen. His name is Jesus. He is here to comfort us today. So the church, from the cross to the nations, the church is a missionary church with a missionary people who do missionary things for the glory of our missionary God. That's why we're here. That's why we're sending a team to Louisiana because we are a missionary church giving glory to a missionary God to go help all those who are in need. So how should we then live in a time of pain and affliction? I'm glad you asked. Number one, everyone needs someone to love them like Jesus does. Look all around you. You carry with you Jesus Christ. And Jesus is love. And everyone needs someone to love them like Jesus. I'm asking you, you be that someone who needs that love. Carry wherever you go the love of Jesus. I like the way Bob Goff puts it. Right now, people need your love, not your advice. <laughs> they don't need your opinion. They need your love. That's what they need. They just need your love. It's hard to love right now. It's a tough time to love. You just don't know how to love. But if God so loved the world, who, sh who said we should not? We are to love the world. And look at your neighbors. We are to love them. We are to serve them. Because you just pass it on for what God has did for you. Look at what the scripture says in verse number four. Who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. There's a lot of comfort there. Remember how God loved us? On the first day you accepted Jesus Christ, like, wow, he's the same God. He's the same God. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. The very thing that God has done for you, pass it on to your neighbor. Pass it on for your coworker. Pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. And Paul is saying, whatever comfort you get from God the Father, take it to someone. Because somebody needs it. Everyone needs someone to love them like Jesus. We have experienced grace. Now we get to share that grace. Because here's the truth, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you care for those who are furthest from him. Oh, Lord, I pray, break my heart from what breaks yours. People in this time of affliction are turning in so many directions. Can we help them turn to Jesus? Everyone needs someone to love them like Jesus. Number two, how should we then live in a time of affliction? Because everyone needs someone to pray with them like Jesus does. 
Everyone needs someone to pray with them. Do you know at this very time, I have seen pictures on social media, prayer gatherings outside hospitals, inside hospitals, in classrooms, in people's front yard, backyard, and all over the place in connection groups. Everyone's bowing in prayer. There's someone that you know right now, your coworker, your neighbor, or someone you know that needs someone to pray with them. You go and pray with them. That's what Paul does in the church of Corinthians. And prayer realigns you with the mission of God because you're trusting God for something that's outside your willpower and strength. You're calling upon God. Imagine, imagine people in affliction cannot know to pray because affliction teaches us to pray. In fact, afflictions cause us to pray more frequently and fervently. I'm not saying praying for your meal. I'm talking about standing in the gap, praying and trusting God for breakthroughs because of the affliction that's happening across the land. Stand in the gap. The church of Jesus Christ must stand up tall, shining as a true gospel lighthouse in prayer, in prayer. What does affliction does to us? We will pray like never before. We will pray frequently and fervently. David, King David says, Psalm 109, verse number 4, but I give myself to prayer. Jesus, Luke chapter 22 and verse number 44, blood, sweat like blood was coming on because he gave all his strength for prayer. Listen to the life of David. When he was afraid, I prayed. How many people that you know around you just need someone to pray with them? Just pray. A couple of months ago, one of our baptism encouragers <clears throat> called and said, uh, Sean, eh, my wife just found out she has cancer. I'm like, oh man, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. And... Uh, so uh, Deshni and I went and picked up uh, John DeBoer and, and, and Beth, and we said, hey, let's go. And we drove all the way to Milton. I, I thought I needed a passport, okay? I mean, it was way out there. Maybe we needed a visa for that part. But anyway, we got there. We got there. And so we went to visit this couple. And I'm just telling you guys, I heard the most powerful, sincere prayer from a man, face flat on the ground, praying for his wife. He just called on, right, John? He called down heaven to step, to Jesus step out of heaven and step into this situation right now. And they were seated right here in the early service. And after that, we had some fellowship. And on the way, I said, man, that was the most powerful prayer I've heard a husband cry out for his wife. What they wanted that day was not a Pastor Sean or a Pastor John. What they wanted was someone can please go on the knees with me and trust God. That's all we are called to do, to help someone get to the altar and go on our knees with them 
church of Jesus Christ, we know so many people that's going through afflictions. Put something on your calendar to meet them this week and go on your knees with them and trust God with them because no one going through affliction needs to be alone. No one. Just join them at the altar. Just don't say anything. Just bow your knees with them. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Sean, that's your job. That's your full-time job. No, I have a full-time Jesus. You don't have a part-time Jesus, do you? He's called the church. To stand in the gap for those who are being displaced in the storms. So he has us standing. Everyone needs someone to pray with them like Jesus would do. Wow. Number three. Everyone needs someone to encourage them like Jesus does. Amen? Man, we just need someone because God takes the initiative. You know, I'm, I'm doing a study with my team uh, that, that works in my office and say, God, and we're doing this book, Caring for One Another. And this is one of the quotes from the book. God takes the initiative and moves towards us. We take the initiative to move toward others. God came to us, now we go to others. God came to us, now we go to others. Caring for one another. Because community is God's answer to brokenness and loneliness. Community, if you don't belong to a community. Now, in, in this season, this last two years, I saw connection groups connect like they never connected before. All right? Ask the connection groups, get on the knees. Connection groups making meals and, and, and running errands and fixing door handles and fixing cars, fixing homes because there's pain and affliction. And if you are not part of a connection group here at Olive, you are losing out of community because you are not meant to be in affliction by yourself. Connect to community because community is God's answer to brokenness and loneliness. I have a very special friend here today. Uh, I, I gave him the name Barnabas. He is my champion and encourager, so I just call him Barney. You know, I'm going to buy him a purple suit one day uh, like a dinosaur, and you'll know who he is. But he is my number one encourager. One of the leaders texted me this week and said, Sean, how are people making it through this crisis without Jesus? Wow. How are they making it? without God's people around them. But the reality is, humans, we are created for community. In our home, we call it the pillay table, every third meal is either with someone or for someone. That's hospitality in the pillay home. Every third meal is either with someone or for someone. And I know you're going to say, I'm going to get, you're going to get exhausted, Sean. Well, I'd rather fall down heaven's gate exhausted than knowing people who are needing encouragement are all alone in the time of trial.
I ask you, please, let the Amen sound from His people again. Afflictions, Church of Jesus Christ, afflictions should not turn the volume down for a Christian. Afflictions should blow the speakers out. Right, Bobby? Bobby will turn the sound system on. Afflictions should not turn your volume low and woe is me. Afflictions should turn the volume up because wow is God. Let me encourage you, the same God of your salvation, as I said, He's the same God in your sanctification. He is the same God who is mighty to save. He's the same God who is mighty to walk you through. You know someone right here in the room, and if you're watching online, you know of people who are going through affliction, dealing with pain, dealing with hurt. The father of all lies can come in and make you doubt God. I'm asking you today to stand up and praise God. So as John leads, if you want to text the word Savior to 94,000, someone's going to reach out to you and help you take your next step. But as you stand, church, won't you stand with me? And let's sing this song, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. And I'm asking you today, in our weariness, in our tiredness, let the Amen sound from His church again. Because we carry in us the hope of glory. We carry in us the power of the Holy Spirit. Come and fill this altar and call upon Jesus. And don't let afflictions rob you of Jesus. Jesus is for you. Let's come and load the altar and seek Him.